The Freddie Mac Multifamily Podcast brings together industry leaders to talk through current issues and important housing trends. Hear from our hosts and their expert guests by searching Freddie Mac Multifamily wherever you get your podcasts. The following podcast uses profanity in creative ways, and we bring up all the topics that you're warned against talking about in polite conversations. The contents herein are for entertainment purposes only. All stated opinions, views, and jokes are those of the person making them and do not necessarily reflect any business, nonprofit organization, state government, or federal government. Listener discretion is very much advised. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Utah Outcasts. We're a semi-weekly, progressive, political, and devoutly anti-religion podcast based in the state where people going about on the town have to check the sign in front of the establishment before they know if they're at a bar or a restaurant. You know, home of America's most powerful weirdos, the one and only state of Utah. This is episode number 98, and since it's Monday, as you fine folks are hearing it, uh, you've got a whole lot of current events coming up for you guys real quick. Uh, heads up, it is just me tonight. It is X, your host. Uh, so if you're hearing us for the first time, this isn't how it always goes. Um, but it is just me rolling solo tonight. So I will be talking you through the news and going through a few other things that we like to talk about each week. Uh, so let's get started, shall we? Hello, son. Did you clean the house while your old man was at work today? Yep. Oh, yeah, 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 good, yeah. Did you clean under the fridge? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about the gun? Did you give the gun a good cleaning? Yep. Good boy. This one comes to us from Raw Story, and it's about the Florida Senate recently uh, passed a narrow measure that would allow more people to object to textbooks and what's inside of them and the classroom materials used inside public schools, which is a move that opponents warn could result in censorship of controversial topics. Can you guess where this one's going? I I bet you can. Yep, we're going to evolution here. So, the bill lets any resident seek a hearing to have what they see as an objectionable textbook, library book, or material removed from schools. Under current law, only parents of public school children can object to school materials. I don't like my kid reading this stuff, so therefore, nobody in the school should be reading this stuff. Wonderful. So this new measure would provide for an unbiased third party, unbiased, good luck finding one of those, that those do not fucking exist, to advise local county school boards hearing such challenges. So the Republican-controlled Senate in Florida passed it 19 to 17 along party lines with two... Republicans going against it. That's kind of amazing. So this legislation, which passed the HR last month, now goes to the governor to be signed. Uh, And his office has not come back and said whether he plans to sign the bill into law. I don't know if he will, uh, but let's see. Similar measures have been considered by dozens of state legislatures in years past, uh, typically backed by conservative organizations, you know, like the Heritage Foundation and viewed by critics as targeting evolution, climate change, and sexually explicit material. Do you guys ever remember being in school? From, like, 11 on, anything and everything could be used as sexually explicit material. Fuck, I got a kid right now that's making air dongs with her fingers. It's like, it's, like, kids will find any way to make anything dirty. I don't, can't believe they think this shit. But climate change. I don't like the fact that my earth might be warming up, and I don't think that's true, because God wouldn't let that happen to us. He gave us a rainbow. It's not how it works, man. Science has got facts. Your shit doesn't. Uh, Let's see, but evolution specifically. Boy, we could honestly do a whole, whole fucking episode where we talk nothing but evolution and the science behind it and everything that works with it you know the, that's the reason we have most of the modern medicine we have now why we have crispr why we have all these amazing technologies that you know make us better as people Fuck. and it says here keith flau i don't know how, i don't know how to pronounce this guy's last name 
we're not trying to ban books, founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, which pushed that state's bill. He said that his group is seeking balance in school instruction, including teaching both evolution and creationism and the various arguments about climate change. Uh, evolution's true, creationism is not, because science, and we can prove this with evidence, that's the amazing thing, and various arguments about climate change. Look, I'm all for people having arguments about climate change and everything. Shit, I used to play devil's advocate in science class a lot of the time, especially when you start talking about, you know, light acting like a particle in a wave at the same time, and I would take up the old way of thinking just to make people think, oh, God, X, why are you going down this topic again? Why can't you just believe what science tells us to believe? Because it's a good thing to question it. But at the same time, we're beyond questioning evolution, and we're beyond questioning climate change. It's happening, people. So Republican Senator Rob Bradley said during the floor debate the other day that there was no reason to, quote, fear the debate by taxpayers on what schools teach. And the, uh, the National Coalition Against Censorship said that parents and residents should not make decisions about what's taught in schools. And, they, and she's right here by saying that her name is Joan Burton. She says that balance is a code word for censor. And it means that they don't like what's being, what's being taught and they want something else being taught, which is exactly what it means. Uh, Mark Pudlow, spokesman for the Florida Education Association, a teacher's union, said, Our biggest concern is that people with a political viewpoint may be able to get stuff tossed out that is educationally sound, but unacceptable to some. And if he signs this into law, it's exactly what you're going to have happen. It's going to be just like Texas all over again. Good job, Florida. It seems like this election has been a whole lot about a person who's very high in the polls, but doesn't have a clue about how to govern, a person who has been filled with scandals and who could not lead. And of course, I'm talking about Hillary Clinton. So we know the Mike Huckabee, right? He's the uh, guy from Arkansas. He fancies himself kind of a funny man. He's gotten in trouble about this a couple of times in the past. Um, recently, on the Cinco de Mayo, which was, I think, uh, yesterday as we're recording this. Um, he wanted to make a quote-unquote joke about Cinco de Mayo, and he said that, um, <laughs> this is what he said in his tweet, for Cinco de Mayo, I will drink an entire jar of hot salsa and watch old Speedy Gonzalez cartoons and speak Spanish all day. Happy C.D. Mayo. So Cinco de Mayo, apparently, is what he's trying to say there. And rightfully so, this has earned him a dragging on social media, so thank goodness to that. Uh, the first person that replied back to him said, Why do you feel like saying something super racist was a thing you ought to do today? I mean, there's a lot of people out there that want to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. That's fine. You don't need to appropriate Mexican culture in order to enjoy tacos and tequila. And you don't need to pick a stupid day that's arbitrary to fucking do it. Do it any day of the week you want. But don't be one of those assholes that puts on a sombrero and pretends to have the siesta in the sun and has the big mustache and, you know, I'm going to get super wasted today because of Cinco de Mayo. No, guys. And they go around saying homes and making El Guapo jokes and all the, the good stuff that we got from Three Amigos, which is an excellent fucking movie. But at the same time, it's kind of a racial appropriation by taking Cinco de Mayo. I mean, it had nothing to fucking do with America. It has nothing to do with white culture. So why do white people just glom onto it so fucking much? I don't know. Do you guys need an excuse to enjoy those things? I, I don't know. The second person said, stick to celebrating your own people's culture of wearing khakis from Sears and taking away rights from minorities. That's pretty fucking funny. I mean... Mike Huckabee, you are one of those assholes that loves to do that shit, and I bet you he goes golfing wearing khaki shorts all the time. And someone said here, Mike Huckabee's tweets are groundbreaking anti-comedy. He's like a born-again Neil Hamburger. Drink a bottle of hot salsa? What the fuck? It's kind of funny. If you guys know who Neil Hamburger is, he's, uh, he's an anti-comic, and I love the guy to death. But it's a shtick. This is not something that Mike Huckabee is doing as a shtick. And then shortly after that one, you get people starting to make the jokes about his son. 
<laughs> and if you don't know the story behind that, apparently his son killed a dog at a summer camp one year. So that's what this person says that this joke killed, and in parentheses, a dog like your son did at summer camp. <laughs> it's fucking it's hilarious. Uh, someone says, Hope the salsa has botulism and joy. How would we ever know if this account got hacked? Which is a really good question because a lot of people that come out and say bad things, I mean, it wasn't like overtly fucking racist. I mean, it was stupid as shit and white guy. And I'm not trying to make excuses for it, but the thing is, is like, I don't know if it was overt racism. And he's, but how would we know if this account got hacked? You wouldn't because he says horrible shit all the time. And he also says here, so essentially you want your asshole to know what it's like to be you because drinking salsa and all that fun stuff anyway. Is your son planning to kill a dog for Cinco de Mayo? And once again, with the, the, the kid killing dog things. Oh, here's another. Here's one of my favorites right here because it, it relates so well to Utah. It says, don't get mad because you eat unseasoned food on the regular. It's fucking hilarious because people in Utah don't know shit about seasoning their food. Like at all. You go over to someone's house and you have like a boiled roast. Ugh, it's disgusting. Unfortunately, Mike Huckabee has a pre-existing condition called being a jackass. Sadly, the GOP made it nearly impossible for him to get treatment for it. And someone says, how do you say your son is a dog murderer in Spanish? God damn it, that's funny. Oh, Mike, your attempts at humor fail almost as miserably as your attempts to run for president. And I think that's going to that's gonna end it there for that because that was a fucking failed attempt to run for president. Were, weren't you one of the few that was God's candidate? I, I can't remember. Among those freedoms is the right to worship according to our own beliefs. That is why I will get rid of and totally destroy the Johnson Amendment and allow our representatives of faith to speak freely and without fear of retribution. I will do that. Remember. Some of you guys might know that Donald Trump this week signed an executive order supposedly weakening the Johnson Amendment, which keeps politicians, I mean, sorry, keeps clergy from actually endorsing politicians in the pulpit. Um, but he kind of didn't. So uh, bear with me here for a second. This comes from the Friendly Atheist blog at Patheos. Uh, had he actually had done this, churches would have the ability to endorse candidates from the pulpit without losing their tax-exempt status. Though it's no worth noting that even with the Johnson Amendment in place now, the IRS has not punished churches for playing politics even when the pastors were practically bragging about it. So we've not really been enforcing it as much as we can because... Guess one of the favorite things for the Republicans to slash when they get into office. Hey, it's federal employees, and one of the biggest ones happens to be the IRS. So, the executive order that he signed wasn't supposed to codify the inaction, telling the, but it was telling the IRS to back off churches who got involved and act in that kind of stuff. So, not shortly after uh, he signed it, two important things happened. And first of all, the religious conservatives were quick to complain that the executive order didn't actually do anything, which is true. It didn't repeal the Johnson Amendment, since, you know, only Congress can do that. And it was mostly telling Trump, uh, Trump telling the IRS to keep what it's doing, all doing what it's doing already, which is pretty much nothing. Sad to say, but it's a it's an executive order without any balls. <clears throat> And the order didn't have anything to say about faith-based discrimination, because that's exactly what it is. Christians were hoping that Trump would give them permission to avoid doing business with LGBT customers. You know, like the bakers and the florists and the photographers that won't work with same-sex couples because it, it violates their religion, I believe. Whatever the fuck they want to believe there. It's just they, they want the right to discriminate legally. And thankfully, we're still a nation of laws, and they're not allowed to do that. So, what else happened, the second significant thing, is that the FFRF, the Freedom From Religion Foundation, filed a lawsuit against Trump saying that his order discriminated against atheists. Their argument was that Trump was giving churches a green light to play politics since he was telling the IRS to back off. But since that same policy doesn't apply to non-profit groups that cater to atheists, that was a constitutional violation. And FFRF doesn't usually jump into lawsuits unless they think they have a pretty good chance of winning. So uh, here's the press release from them. The Freedom From Religion Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, 
contends that Trump is violating its equal protection rights and favoring church groups over secular groups in violation of the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Trump has directed the IRS to do something for which they both lack any enumerated or implied power to selectively enforce a legitimate statute based solely on religion. Trump is communicating to churches that his administration will not enforce the Johnson Amendment, says Gaylor. The IRS needs clear direction that it must enforce the law equally. So here's the the great thing about this. If the lawsuit is allowed to go forward, the FFRF is making a compelling case. Of course, this executive order singles out religious institutions, giving them permission to break the law. That's exactly what this order says. So how do you feel against, how do you defend against something like that if you're the government's lawyers? You can't pretend that the executive order doesn't exempt those who talk about, quote, moral or political issues from a religious perspective, since that's exactly what the order says. The only alternative is to admit the executive order doesn't do the very thing that Trump said that it would do. And that's going to put them into another fucking corner, because if the people from the churches think that he doesn't have their back, is essentially a feckless president, which we kind of know is already happening. So, but earlier this year, he promised that I will get rid of and totally destroy the Johnson amendment and allow our representatives of faith to speak freely without fear of retribution. So the executive order was supposedly going to be all about stopping the IRS from revoking a church's nonprofit exempt status. If it chooses to support a political cause and then Trump lied at the signing ceremony when he said, this financial threat against the faith of faith community is over. I will be signing an executive order to follow through on that pledge and to prevent the Johnson Amendment from interfering with your First Amendment rights. So this, again, puts him into a hole. Uh, the FFRF suit now includes the obligatory catalog of every tweet and statement Trump has ever made about the Johnson Amendment that would have made such changes unconstitutional had he enacted them. Should this lawsuit be allowed to proceed, it will all but force the Justice Department lawyers to stand before a judge and explain that the executive order, as signed, achieves none of these goals and, in fact, does little more than to codify the status quo. So really, do we want to know, does it do what Trump says it does, which in that case, it'll be illegal because it's against the Establishment Clause, or does it do nothing, which makes Trump even more of a liar and hopefully loses a lot of that Christian base that he has. Um, either way, he's fucked, and I can't wait for all the fallout to happen because of it, because he is one of the most feckless leaders I have ever experienced as a citizen of this country. As your spiritual leader, I implore you. To pay heed to this good book and what it has to say. Son, you're on your own. So as Donald Trump was trying to shred apart the First Amendment like he is so wont to do these days, he signed that executive order and there was a lot of chatter over its impact. And we just got done discussing how the, uh, the FFRF has decided to file a lawsuit. The ACLU is not doing it because they said that it was nothing more than a, an elaborate photo op, I think is the words that they used. However, what didn't make the headlines was why the executive order was supposedly necessary. And Trump says that, as just one example, people were forbidden from giving or receiving religious items at a military hospital where our brave service members were being treated. And when they wanted those religious items, these were great, great people. These are great soldiers. Wait, I thought you didn't like soldiers that got injured. I thought the one... Wait, no, didn't you... And he shit on the whole Gold Star family. I mean, I, Trump, I'm kind of forgetting how you feel about the troops here, because on one hand, you kind of don't give a shit about them if they don't like you, and on the other hand, one died so your ratings could get that much fucking higher. So he said, these were great soldiers, they wanted those items, and they were precluded from getting them. And the interesting thing, if you're watching the video that he put out about the whole signing statement, is that Mike Pence and Paula White is a religious advisor nodding as they tell the story. And uh, Paula White even mouthed the words, that's right, while she was standing behind him. But uh, the interesting thing is that uh, military leaders have had a completely different reaction. What the fuck is this guy talking about? So the Pentagon has come out and said that 
where it is. He said that there are no policies that prohibit members of the military from receiving religious items at military installations. And being privy to hanging out on plenty of military installations and being in the hospital in a couple of them? That's right. Service members have the option of declaring their faith in their personnel records so that chaplains of that religion can ensure that they get whatever religious items or services that they wish. They also put it on your dog tags. At least I think they still do that. I'll have to check with Duffy. I haven't seen, haven't talked to him in a while. It's just funny that all this propaganda, and he's believing it to the point where he's having to bring it up during a signing statement for one of his own ridiculously misguided beliefs that you know, that we're somehow not allowing troops to have their religion. They they are they're allowed to, and you got assholes like Todd Starnes from Fox News that are exaggerating all these news stories to highlight Chris, Christian persecution and oh my god on my Twitter I've got Tony Perkins and the FRC and um the fuck is his name uh Brian not singer <laughs> I can't remember his name for for a second he's the uh, he's the guy that I bring up on fun with real audio all the time anyway he they're constantly talking about how the Christians are persecuted Christians are persecuted when they're usually the ones causing the issue you remember, like, Kim Davis. What a great fucking hero for the Christian she was. She was a bigot. And they don't see that. Oh, man. So anyway, after the religious right whined, and uh, Steve King from Iowa spoke on the floor about this supposedly anti-Christian rule change, uh, the folks at Walter Reed revised the policy to remove any amb- ambiguity about what they meant. And so... What they're talking about is that there was a policy to end unwanted proselytizing at Walter Reed by saying no religious items are allowed to be given away or used during a visit. So it's kind of on the Pentagon there for making bad language there. But if you've ever worked for the Pentagon, you know that language is not their forte. And so what they really just said is they reworded it. Uh, but at no time in the course of this controversy were Christian soldiers prevented from receiving religious items or the comfort of a chaplain. And it's not like Donald Trump understands any of that. But our conspiracist-in-chief just regurgitated the religious right story with no regard for what actually really happened. And that, my friends, is our present. How dare you create a world in which there is such misery that is not our fault? It's not right. It's utterly, utterly evil. Why should I respect a capricious, mean-minded, stupid God who creates a world which is so full of injustice and pain? So anybody who's ever spent a little bit of time listening to our show uh, should know that we have a huge amount of love for Stephen Fry. Unfortunately, he's under investigation right now for blasphemy. Yeah, believe it or not, that's something that still happens in Ireland. Uh, One of my favorite comedy groups and musical groups out there called the rubber bandits. Uh, one of the members of them got, a, I don't know if he got arrested, but I know he got charged recently with blasphemy for making a joke somewhere about how, um, the body of Christ bread, you know, what the fuck is it called? The Eucharist is haunted bread. And he got in trouble for that one. And he, there's ways for him to wiggle out of that one. But for Stephen Fry here, I mean, it's, it's stupid enough that there actually is, fucking blasphemy laws going on but you might remember an interview that fry had with the national broadcaster of ireland rte um with a guy by the name of gay burn which if you're an atheist and you've been on youtube you've seen it before where he's talking about how how dare you create a world in which there is so much misery that's not our fault, it's utterly, utterly evil. Why should I respect respect a capricious, mean-minded, stupid God who creates a world with a soul full of injustice and pain? You've heard it, you know this one, I'm, I'm sure you have. Well, anyway, somebody, I mean, not Gay Byrne, Gay Byrne got, when he laid it all out for him like that, he had to take like a week off of work for it, you know, having some sort of a, attack of, like a, a attack of conscience or attack of faith, whatever the fuck it is that Christians seem to do when their whole worldview gets rocked like that, and Stephen Fry is the kind of guy that would rock your fucking worldview. Uh, so under the Defina- Defamation Act, if he is con- convicted, uh, <laughs> he'll face a 25,000 euro 
fine under Irish law. That's ridiculous. And the spokesman for Fry said that there's nothing for us to say while this is under investigation, which is true. So it's a bit of a half boner kind of story because you don't really, you don't get full wood when it comes to this. It's amazing that they'd go after him for that. And the individual who wished to remain anonymous, you know, unlike every other Christian in the world, told the Irish Independent that it had been his civic duty to report the comments which he alleges were in breach of the Defamation Act. And buddy, if those are not in a breach of your Defamation Act, you need to get that law off the books. This shouldn't be there to begin with, but at the same time, if he could flat out saying, fuck your God like that, and you guys just go, well, I think that might be a bit under the wrong side of the Defamation Act. I know that's not Irish. Just having fun with voices here. So anyway, when he destroyed religion there and just $25,000 to go off like that. I, I don't think that's going to come through. I don't think he's going to face any charges for that. We made it! We made it, Mother! We... Mother! Mother! It's always fun for me to bring up a little bit of science stuff for us to talk about on the show. And this one comes from Raw Story. And it uh, actually came originally from Popular Science. And it's by a writer by the name of Sarah Feck. Which the headline is, Forensic Scientists Caught a Deer Munching on a Human Carcass for the First Time Ever. Yes, you heard that right. Bambi is eaten up on humans. I can't call him a cannibal because he's not eating another deer. But anyway, uh, forensic scientists have, a, have to do a lot of weird things in order to solve crimes and identify bodies. Uh, we know this already because there's body farms out there and they put them under sort all sorts of different little stresses and, you know, different little conditions to find out what's going on with them. So, like, there's a 26-acre forensic anthropology research facility in San Marcos, Texas. I bet you it smells really delicious around there. Um, in 2014, though, they left a body in the wooded portion of that place in Texas because they wanted to learn how different scavengers leave their marks on human remains, and so they set up a motion-sensitive camera to see who would stop by. And in this part of Texas, you could see foxes, turkey, turkey vultures, raccoons, coyotes, and other carrion gobbler, gobblers, as it says here, picking up the corpse. But after a few months, someone new came to the table. Zombie deer. No, it's not quite a zombie. A young white-tailed deer... Uh, standing near the skeleton with a human rib bone in its mouth. Then it happened again on January 13th. Uh, a camera caught a deer with another rib sticking out of its mouth like a cigar. And they have pictures, and it's fucking amazing. It's not clear whether it was the same deer in both cases, but it's possible the first one came back for seconds. And they say that it's the first known evidence of a deer scavenging for human bones. And they said that's not the first time that we've seen deer violating their quote-unquote vegetarian diets. Um, they're known to have a taste for blood, apparently. And I've seen lots of videos of deer eating birds and squirrels and shit, so it definitely does happen, but it's the first time we've seen them eating a human carcass. And they think that deer and other herbivores occasionally seek out flesh to get minerals such as, like, phosphorus, salt, and calcium that might be missing from their regular diets, especially during the wintertime. But just the, just the image of this deer standing there with a fucking human rib bone sticking out of its mouth like, I'm evil. It's amazing. What's interesting is that it seems that most animals like deer and stuff, they tend to seek out, you know, bones that have been out for a long time and they're, they're like dried out, long dead animals. In particular, they look for the bones that have like a rectangular cross section. And uh, they cause the most damage on the ends of the bone where the zigzag motions of their jaws leave behind a stripped and forked pattern. By contrast, most carnivores seek out fresher remains and leave punctures and pits in the bone. And for people that think that evolution isn't real and all these other amazing advances we have in science, we can tell what kind of animal's been gnawing on what kind of fucking bone and what time they did it. <laughs> Hello, cowboy. What's your name? Tax, ma'am. Tax, ma'am. Tell me, tax, ma'am. Are you in show business? Nope. Well, then why don't you get your friggin' feet open? <laughs> 
Now, of course, this is going to sound exactly like an advertisement, but believe me, it's not because we don't get anything for free from these people, but I think it's really fucking awesome what they're doing. Uh, I'm talking about Ogden's Own Distillery, who have made the Five Wives Vodka that we love down here, and they also make my favorite herbal liqueur underground. It's like a... There's a lot of people that shit on Jägermeister, but I, I like Jägermeister, but this is Jägermeister that's done up right. I mean, it's super strong. Anyway, they've come out with a, a new gin that kind of pokes fun at the, the, uh, the local established religion a little bit. And it's not really like being mean or anything. It's just that they're, uh, being, bring a little bit of little known piece of Mormon history to light. Um, I know we've talked about this person on the show before. I, I say that with uh, neutral genders as much as I can because there was no telling whether or not this person was a transgender person or if they were just a cross-dressing performer or a diva or just, you know, who knows. Anyway, uh, one of Brigham Young's sons was named uh, Morris Young, uh, who is going to be, who came up with the namesake of Madame Petrini. Um, which was named after his persona when he frequented as a, a an Italian opera diva. Apparently, he could hit a convincing falsetto, and many many people in the audience didn't realize that Petrini was young. So the the interesting thing about this is that this is Brigham Young's kid dancing up in drag, and he's doing such a good job at passing that nobody could tell, and actually able to sing fairly well. Um, Anyway, to give you guys a little bit about the the spirit in question here. Of course, it's a gin made of juniper, bergamot, coriander, and cardamom. Uh, Nigerian ginger and Sicilian lemon, according to the distillery's website. Fewer than a thousand bottles were made, and they're selling at about 15 bucks a piece for like a 750 ml bottle. And I'm going to probably hit up the liquor store this week, see if I can find one. And we'll have to let you guys know how it is, but... I just thought it was really interesting that they decided to make a gin based off of the 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 cross-dressing uh son of Brigham Young that could actually sing Italian opera. It's fucking interesting. Counselor Troy, are you getting any telepathic impressions from that spatial anomaly? I'm sensing someone tying me down to a bed. Oh, uh you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, probably nothing. We should, uh, probably just, uh, change course. A man in a nipple bra and crotchless panties? Oh, uh, 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 Data, uh, how, how are you coming on in your quest to understand humans? He's pouring lemonade on my face? Uh, Jordy, uh, uh Jordy, how much, um, uh, how much, uh, gas, uh, do we have? Um, are we, uh, good on, uh, gas? Wait a minute, that's not lemonade. I'll be in my ready room. So Paul Ryan uh, obviously is not having a very good weekend. Neither is his spokeswoman by the name of Ashley Strong, and that's Ash Lee, like A-S-H-L-E-E. She's not having a very good day either because earlier on Saturday, she had tweeted out that the U.S. House of Representatives had freshly, on their freshly passed AHCA, known as Trump Care, which it really should be called Republic Care, has been examined and graded by the CBO. You're already off to a bad start. So it says, while we're setting the record straight, AHCA was posted online a month ago, you know, the one they didn't vote in, went through four committees and has been scored by CBO twice, she said. Uh, no, that's not right at all. The only trouble is that the bill has been amended since it was originally scored by the CBO, and no one's exactly sure how, how much the bill will cost or even everything that's in it because nobody's read through it. And, of course, my favorite platform for people getting their shit torn to shreds is Twitter. And she's been getting just blasted by so many people. And I'm not going to read them all to you. And so, mainly, they're fighting. They're saying that she just linked the two links from March. That's not the same legislation. And interesting thing enough that we got from her is that she... the interesting thing is that there were even celebrity people that were going after, if you want to call them celebrity. Marina Sirtis, you guys might know her as Counselor Troy, um, piled on calling Ashley Strong a lying sack of shit. And this is the quote here. She says, you, young lady, are a lying sack of shit. Which is fucking amazing. And she replied back to a lot of people saying that 
Hey, uh, reporters trying to reach me for inquiry. Email is best today. My feed is cluttered with the quote unquote tolerant left swearing at me. It's funny how people not wanting to die kind of makes people a bit impolite, isn't it, Ashley? Anyway, it's just, it's funny that just come out straight lying about something. And then when people try to correct you, you come out with even dumber shit. That's the, that's the GOP to a fucking T these days, I swear. Premiums are going to come down very substantially. The deductibles are going to come down. It's going to be fantastic health care. Right now, Obamacare is failing. We have a failing health care. I shouldn't say this to our great gentleman and my friend from Australia, because you have better health care than we do. But we're going to have uh, great health care very soon. All right. It is the Trump roundup for week 15. And uh, he's reached his 100 days as president. Only, hmm. only what, 1,300 more to go or something like that? I believe. Uh, let's see. He in this that's, week. That's up in the air. It really is. Yeah, he has uh, avoided a government shutdown by, you know, finally being a politician and compromising with Democrats on a spending bill. You know, instead of being an authoritarian, he actually worked with people. Though, I'll admit that it came with a price because, like, I'm not going to follow what you guys say. I'm going to do whatever I want anyway. He's that he's that kind of an asshole. Uh, let's mm-hmm. see. He signed an executive order, which I thought he hated those. Uh, that's going to loosen <laughs> regulations on offshore drilling. Because that's what we need is more oil. He seems to think that, you know, coal and like oil plants and everything are what we need. Like, like that's going to boost the economy. They're not even, it's not even that nobody wants, it's just, it's not. Coal's not going to do companies, it. Nobody even uses the companies, it. Even the companies that, that do this don't want more drilling platforms and more coal plants because they're not profitable anymore yeah and all you needed to see was um was it Deepwater horizon where i was watching mm-hmm. that live on news when it was just pouring millions and millions of gallons of oil into the ocean i'm like yeah we need to not be doing this anymore we need to stop doing that you know mm-hmm. but no no we're just gonna go ahead and re- loosen regulations on that because we need to do more of that shit uh, he made a very friendly phone call to accused mass murderer and the Philippines president, Rodrigo Duterte, who is absolutely fucking bonkers. Yeah, he is. I don't even, should we even call it accused? No, oh, yeah. He, he doesn't, he doesn't deny anything. Well, didn't he like, I think he threw people out of a fucking helicopter at one point too. I, if I remember reading the news items on that and he Probably. invited him to the white house. This is a man that's had a war on drugs in his own country where you don't need evidence for it. You just need to say, oh, he was on drugs, so he killed him. And they'd be like, all yeah. right, you're clear. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't even, uh, he didn't clear it with the State Department either. Yeah, didn't go through that. Throw, go through any of the channels you're supposed to go through. And not realizing that, hmm, maybe America's image should not be one where we're cozying up to people like that. You know, and I played it last week during the show because the... The audio clip came out after we recorded where he called Kim Jong-un a pretty smart cookie. Yeah. (laughs) Just don't that just beat all. That's just you you have to be smart to stay in power when everybody's trying to kill you. It's like, no, not everybody's trying to kill him, though. Some people are keeping him in power because it's nice to have a figurehead to absorb the blowback. Yeah. That was like Sean Spicer trying to defend Hitler. Oh man, the spicy ran out of the press briefing earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Like he had some expert. I think it was the he's, guy from the CBO talking. He's or probably, somebody. yeah, he is. Spicer's probably just going to start doing, doing that from now on. Where at the end of the press conference, whenever people are there talking, he just leaves. Mm-hmm. He doesn't Bye. answer any questions. Everyone's yeah. like, Sean, Sean, oh Sean. And when I was watching it on the internet, they just had a close up of like the podium, the lectern. Mm-hmm. And it was just like just standing there, and like you just hear people like bemoaning his name, Sean. Oh, Sean, Sean. Oh, Sean. I like. Come back, Sean. I'm like, this is this is one of the funniest skits I've ever seen before. <laughs> Only to come to find out that no, this is actual real fucking life. <laughs> I could not believe what I was watching. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, it's, it's incredible. Let's see. He golfed again, and he's currently golfing right now in New Jersey in his property there because he. Didn't want to be in New York. <laughs> Apparently he yeah. can't stand his wife <laughs> or 
He was getting a lot you of know, protests I'm, as I'm well, s- but I'm surprised they aren't releasing his golf scores. They should like on a weekly basis. They should release them like Hawkeye. Like I wonder if we could do. I wonder if we could do a freedom of information request for his golf scores. No, oh, because no, then they would just deny that he was actually playing golf at all. He wasn't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. The national security advisor had to correct him about South Korea paying for the U.S. missile defense system. <laughs> Because he's like, why do we have to pay for this? What? Why do we have? Why does it have to be a billion dollars out of America's pocket? Why does it have to be this? It's like, do you like open trade with South Korea? Do you like having a nation that's opposed to North Korea <laughs> existing? Do you like having this bulkhead that we can have troops on and everything? Yeah, like you know, technically that that still that conflict is still ongoing. Yeah, it, the war the war just signed in. What was it? Just an armistice? Like they they've stopped. Yeah they've stopped aggression but the war is still yeah. on so mm-hmm. oh and if you guys want a good time go just look for north korean propaganda and watch some oh. of that oh it's it's so delightfully out of touch it's like americans um, have to melt snow for water because it's well, so I mean, bad here current, the current <laughs> trump supporters will eat it up i mean they'll they buy into it whole cloth they really would Oh, and to to get a little personal here, Kyle and I both work for a uh, a federal agency. We're not going to say which and what we do or anything, but the thing is, is like, <laughs> they switched over to Fox News this week, and <sighs> apparently that's not going to stop anytime soon, because Trump has made a directive with uh, other agencies. He hasn't said specifically, but it's coming out that they're being directed to leave it on Fox News. So we oh. now have state news. <clears throat> Hooray. <clears throat> That's a terrible fucking network. <laughs> well, and it was so, it was, it's, uh, okay. So you'll find people who will defend Fox. Uh, oh, it's a counterpoint. They, <laughs> you know, not even just saying that, that, that it's a counterpoint, but saying that, you know, their, their actual news coverage coverage is pretty good. Okay. So yes. And no. <laughs> What they do, and they do it very, very well, is they, they, they find ways to interject into their news coverage small opinion pieces. Uh, so the, the perfect example of this was when the, when, they were, <laughs> when, they, when they were doing the when they were doing their coverage of the vote on the health care, they had a reporter outside the, outside the Capitol, yeah, as they were leaving. And he he briefly described the counter protest. Mm. So as he was briefly describing the counter protest, he he had mentioned the size of the crowd, and because that it was, you know, <laughs> I mean, not even like oh it's a small crowd, but just the oh it's you know they've kind of come and gone and they've only gathered for the last little bit. Uh, and then mention that they have professionally made signs. Oh, so they're trying to say George Soros funded mm-hmm. professional protesters. Just right. So when, when, people, when, people, when people complain about Fox News, it's things like that, tiny little things like that, that they interject into legitimate news coverage that makes it a problem. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And yeah, it's just the, constantly and, on now, too. Yeah, it is. And and you watch and they have ways of slipping in opinion pieces that are complete fabrications. And all they have to do is cite anonymous sources or, you know, some people would say, <laughs> you know, some the, people would. Yeah, the rumor is say lizard, <laughs> Hillary was a lizard person. Oh, man, we're not saying that some people would say that. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Uh, what else happened yeah. this week with uh with Trump? Oh, he wondered why the Civil War began. <laughs> mm. The sitting president of the United States questioned about the Civil War, even though he has a fucking huge portrait, like the biggest portrait of Andrew Jackson you can have in the fucking Oval Office, which is a dog signal to the fucking alt right people out there because boy, do they love that guy. So, so this actually. This actually garnered a response from, um, like the the history, the the head of the history department, the military history department of West Point. 
And West Point's fact-checking you. You done <laughs> fucked up, President. <laughs> and West Point is coming out going, uh, yeah, no, there were several reasons, but really it was the fact that the South wanted to keep slavery. That's it. Pretty much. Right there. <laughs> that was it. So in his tweet that he put out there, and if you're not on Twitter following this shit, you are missing so much subtext. You're missing so much fun shit that's happening because of this. But uh, Trump said on Twitter that President Andrew Jackson, who died 16 years before the Civil War started, saw it coming and was angry, would never have let it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Where was Andrew Jackson from? I He was from the South and he was a people owner. <laughs> <laughs> he was known as hang on let me let me get to his other tweet because it's, i just can't believe some of the shit that he said here he said in an interview on sirius xm main street meets the beltway Ugh. he said i mean had andrew jackson been a little bit later you wouldn't have had the civil war had he been a little <laughs> bit later what the fuck does that mean <laughs> well i think he'd mean that if andrew jackson had been born like 20 years later uh. Oh, he was a very tough person, but he had a big heart. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> he was a bastard. They didn't call Every him old hickory because, day. you know, he was sturdy like wood or, you know, steadfast or could float on water or anything. They called him old hickory because he literally beat the shit out of people with an old hickory stick. Mm -hmm. And that's not euphemism for, like, dick smacking or anything like that. That's just... <laughs> no, no. It was a literal... It was a literal... Like beating stick, <laughs> a shillelagh. <laughs> it was a hatchet without a head, basically. Yeah, pretty much, man. He was really angry that he saw what was happening with regard to the Civil War. There is no reason for this. <laughs> it reminds me of that Upright Citizens Brigade sketch where the guy's talking about titular line for movies, and he's like, he's like, do you ever, do you ever see the one cut of Star Wars where, like, yeah, I was in that one where. I came out and I said, boy, I'm just so tired of all these Star Wars that were happening. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Andrew Jackson coming out and he's like, there's no reason for this civil war. I'm very angry about this. I'm so angry, guys. Andrew Jackson would have beat the shit out of Trump. <laughs> I mean, he, he, shouldn't, he shouldn't love this man because he would no. have absolutely so, nothing to do with him. What, what probably would have happened had Andrew Jackson the version of Andrew Jackson that existed when he did. Yeah. Had, had you just, if you could just cut him out of history yeah, and put him in place of Abraham Lincoln, you know, yeah, he's probably right. There would have been no civil war, but there also would have been no emancipation. Nope. And there, the, the <laughs> like everything leading up to the civil war, it wouldn't Let's not forget the, the some right. of the horrible shit that he did. It wouldn't have happened, but not for the good reasons that you think. Let's not forget about the Indian Removal Act that he signed into law. Mm. Let's not forget the, like, Trail of Tears was on him, you know? Well, no, and, wasn't, well, hang on, wasn't, wasn't, didn't the Trail of Tears uh, originate with Jefferson? Let's see real quick. Let me Google that one real quick. Andrew Jackson's Indian Removal Policy as part of his policy. Cherokee Nation was forced to give up its lands of eastern east of the Mississippi River and migrate to an area in Oklahoma. The Cherokee people called this the journey of the Trail of Tears because of the devastating effects. So, it was 1838 and 1839, Andrew Jackson's Indian removal policy. So, you learned something today. Hmm. <laughs> why did I why did I think why did I think Jefferson started something like that? And also, um, he, you know, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to look that up. Then also he was responsible for uh, fucking up a lot of banking at the time. It, I can't remember exactly what the effect, because he signed a specific thing into law, which kind of fucked up the, a lot of uh, banks at the time were using scripts instead mm -hmm. of actual, you know, legal tender currency, like how we do nowadays. You know? Right. So there's... Where we have Federal Reserve a, notes, you know. There's, there's actually a very... The, that's the part of the reason he's on the 20, which is the most a commonly used bank note. Yeah, now it's most commonly used form form of currency. It's a 
a bit of an irony that he's on there because that's part of what he fucked up yep. was the currency. The currency. Yep, and people of the, the Mormon church remember this because he fucked over like the Kirkland holding company that they had at the time mm-hmm. because they were going off of script money, you know, rag money, mm-hmm. and the bottom fucking dropped out. So, <laughs> uh, let's see, what else has he been up to? He gave uh, Jared Kushner a new job. <laughs> Another mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. He is now to make friends with Silicon Valley. Not going to happen. The whole That's, valley? The whole valley. Everybody there. He's supposed to go, I am Jared love me <laughs> he uh, called for a quote good Man, shutdown talk of the... about talk about your broad stroke type of... and that's yet another Just... job that he's given his Why, son-in-law you go, make... a... you go over there and make him love me well that's not <laughs> even a job that's a <laughs> he's keeping all this it's shit like, so you vague you go make friends with it you go make friends with the region Oh, and he uh, he also got that Obamacare replacement bill signed, which you're going to hear about in the rant coming up in a little bit. But it's it's amazing that they, they celebrated. They celebrated this fucking bill passing the house, like with a ornate party at the Rose Garden. And it's like, you guys, you got this through one by, part of the house. One, one vote. One part, one part by one vote without reading it. And the Senate the same day, the Senate pretty much said, "Yeah, this is dead uh, in the yeah, water. no, this is not gonna fly." <laughs> like, uh, well, it's a good thing the way you put it, you passed it. We can put unlimited amendments on it, <laughs> so we can make this thing unfucking recognizable. Yeah, let's not let's not worry about the CBO at all. Let's not have it go through any of the usual policy process right. that we go through. And so, right. I, I I really hope the Speaker Ryan's really pleased with himself because. A lot of the people that he had oh. to whip whip to get the votes, they're now going to be very much against that happening to them again. You know? Have you have you seen any of the the video footage of, of him from that party? Uh, uh-uh. I didn't. I didn't have him watch. Dude, the his his you, his smugness, <laughs> you can taste it. He's ready to meet Ayn Rand in the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Except I had like my socialized health care at the end of my life too. Oh no. <laughs> All right, let's see. And President Trump, last thing we have for him here is that uh he was talking with um the Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, uh on Thursday night when after they passed the bill and everything. And he told the Australian leader, You guys <sighs> have a better health care system than we do. Oh, oh that was so fucking brilliant <laughs> oh god he said it's a very good bill right now the premiums are going to come down very substantially the deductibles are going to come down it's going to be fantastic health care right now obamacare is failing we have failing health care he said next to turnbull and so bernie sanders watched this in real time with uh i think he was watching it with uh what the hell's his name chris not chris hardwick what the fuck is his name um chris hayes uh, chris Oh, Chris Hayes. Chris Hayes is pretty is good. Yeah, I like him. I like him. MSNBC. And he was watching it with Bernie Sanders, and Bernie started laughing as soon as he heard him say that. He's like, "Oh, thank you, Mister President. Let's go ahead and move to Medicare for All system that does what every other major country on Earth does, guarantees mm-hmm. healthcare to all people at a fraction of the cost." And he's like, "We're going to use that. We're going to use that for every commercial." <laughs> and, oh yes, so it's, yes. It's just amazing that he managed. To break off his foot in his mouth so goddamn hard after coming out and saying, "Oh yeah, we're gonna make the system better by ruining it." Mm-hmm. We, we, we seriously voted in um, <laughs> the guy from Taxi. <laughs> Which guy? Andy. Uh, what the Andy fuck Kaufman. It? Andy Kaufman. He's gonna tear his mask off any day now. He's got to. <laughs> no, I just that is gonna be the spaceship from Meet Dave. Don't don't ever see that movie. No, read the book. The <laughs> Spaceship Dave was a better book than a movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the whole this whole this whole president. debacle is just <laughs> appalling. It's it's horrific. There was a, an article making the rounds this last week, um, or possibly the week before. Yeah. Uh, about, about the the base, basically the the catalyst for for everything, and it was the. The White House Correspondents' Dinner, oh. <laughs> where 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 Barack Obama took several 
very good, very funny jabs at Trump. <laughs> and it got under his skin so bad that at that point in time, uh, I mean, this was all, this is being reported by the person who was sitting like right behind him hmm. and could hear every word he was saying. Like, that was it. Like, right there. That was when he said, ah, no, fuck it. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to, nope, I'm running. I'm going to. I'm going to run against him. Whatever I can. Or I'm going to ruin this man's reputation, mm-hmm. you know, because he mm-hmm. is based on fucking spite. He is a president That's based on spite. What, right. That's all he wants to do. He wants to take every po- everything he can. And just ruin it. If Obama was attached to it in any way, that's what he wants to do. Just ruin it. Which is why when we got the Steele dossier and we come to find out that he might have paid for Russian escorts to pee on the same bed that the president and the first lady slept on. A lot of us went, a lot of us went, a lot of us went, yeah, I could see that. (laughs) I could Mm -hmm. see why he would do something like that. Right. And which is even better because. And I'm not going into conspiracy theory territory because the subpoenas have not dropped. Grand juries have not. We don't know if they've convened or anything yet. I mean, I watched the entire Comey thing this week, like three hours of fucking. <laughs> how, how, how was that? Because I couldn't bring myself to actually watch that. There was about four or five really good lines that came out of it where they said hmm. that where Comey got asked by. I can't remember what her name was. Uh, uh, directly whether they were being in, like there was investigations happening or if they were working with justice departments mm-hmm. and he's like yes we're working with the central justice department and we're working with the east coast one so that means that if they're working with the justice departments that means that there's probably grand juries being convened right now we don't know about what but a lot <laughs> of people on twitter are willing to speculate it's a rico case which if that's the case and it's money laundering some people are about to be fucked <laughs> Because look, Sadly, man, I, I think... you don't buy somebody's fucking house in Florida for fifty million over what the the cost should be. Yeah, you you just don't do that, especially mm-hmm. when they're tied to Russia, tied to Bank of Cyprus, tied to all this shit. I mean, mm-hmm. you go out there and you start digging. I mean, you could get down into the the fucking uh the rabbit hole pretty deep, but you have to realize that on the surface, there's a lot of true, a lot of stated facts that are true. That you can't infer this kind of stuff, but it's, hmm, that sure is one hell of a fucking coincidence. <laughs> yeah, it is. Man, <laughs> just can't believe this shit. And then we have our fucking current treasury guy who helped fund Suicide <laughs> Squad. <laughs> Executive producer oh. at Suicide Squad. <laughs> that should make enough Fuck. people vote Democrat next time. I, I like that movie. I'm just giving it, I'm just giving I, it shit. Because... <laughs> there are parts. Okay, there are, part, there, there are parts of it and aspects of the movie that I really like. The and bar there are scene. parts that I absolutely... More of that. Give me more of that. <laughs> right. Where there's actual interaction and... And they're being they humans. Seem, <laughs> they seem like, you know, actual fleshed out characters. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take more of that, please. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's our president, guys. We, you, they voted him in. It's our job to get rid of him. <laughs> and hopefully we do soon enough. So that does it for this week's current events. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode coming out this Wednesday, which will be our weekly feature show. Before we completely wrap up this section, I, of course, have to give the biggest thanks to all the amazing patrons who support us each week. So many thanks go to our news and sustaining patrons, such as Angelica Pearson, the Godless Revolution podcast, Luis Cruz, Jeff Linville, Mike and Darcy Bowman, for all the help that you guys have given us in the past couple of months and all the love that you've shared with us. But we have to give an extra little bit of love goes out to the now graduated Marissa McCool for being our number one patron. So thank you so much, Marissa. Uh, if you wish to support the work that we do each week, make sure you go to patreon.com slash Utah Outcasts and uh, donate at a level you feel comfortable at. However, money isn't the only way to get our attention. So if you don't have a budget, a uh, quick review or subscribe on whatever you catch us on will help out a ton. And we'll make sure to give you your due praise. Uh, we didn't really get any new ones this week or any new subscribes. But anyway, uh, we enjoyed the social media. Well, I, I should say I do. And uh, it's a lot of fun interacting with all you people out there. So thank you so much for enjoying all of our silly social media nonsense. But a final thanks goes out to Kyle for joining me for the Trump Roundup. And before we cut cut you loose, we wanted to remind you that you should come back again on Wednesday. Got that features episode. But until then, remember, you're welcome. All I need is a little time to get behind.
I just love the fact that like he showed up on his fucking rolly scooter thingy to oh. to vote against medical coverage. It's like I'm here to defund medical coverage. <laughs> like you're the rolling example of having fucking pre existing conditions. <laughs> That's why you don't leg wrestle Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. Shattered his <laughs> foot and had to get like fourteen screws or something like that. Yeah. It was a ladder though. Oh, that was the other thing. That was the other thing. So he he actually wound up breaking his foot years ago uh, in a by falling off a ladder, a step ladder. So Lee wants to just have dozens of step ladders delivered to his house and to his office. <laughs> You're like, die, motherfucker! Die. <laughs> Let's see you survive this many. <laughs> 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. 
Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day.